Well, good morning and welcome to Orchard Church. Good to see you guys today. We also want to welcome all those who are watching us online. Uh, Take out your Bibles this morning. Turn to John chapter 4, verse 31. That's where we begin in just a moment. As you're finding your way there this morning, I want us to celebrate one more time that last Sunday in our four services here at Orchard Church, we saw 102 people follow Jesus in believers' baptism. Can we just give God praise for that? Okay, I'm not sure if you guys heard me correctly. We had 102 people follow Jesus in believer's baptism. That is incredible. Thank you for all of you who had a part in in that last Sunday. Today, I'm excited because we're kicking off a brand new three-week series leading us right up to Easter. We're calling this Better Together. Everybody say, Better Together. We are better together. We have a mission here at Orchard Church that God has given us to help people find and follow Jesus. Uh, God has given us a huge vision for the 2020. We're calling it our 2020 vision that by the end of the year, 2020, we're going to see 5,000 more people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Uh, 1,500 people follow the Lord in believers' baptism and launch at least one more Orchard location in the Denver uh, metro area. But we cannot do that alone. We need everyone to be a part of this journey with us. We are better uh, together. What we're looking at in this series is three of our 11 values. As you walk down the halls here in our building, uh, you're going to see some posters with our values on them. We're going to look at three of those over the next three weeks. I'll tell you in a moment which value we're looking at today, uh, but I just want to kind of launch the series by talking about some things that are better uh, together. If you're on our Facebook page, we asked you guys this week and had some great responses. Uh, what are some things that you would say are better together? And we kind of picked the top three responses to share with you today. You guys said these are some things that are better together. Uh, First one is this, coffee and donuts. Can I have an amen? Coffee and donuts are are better together. That's why we serve them every Sunday here at Orchard. Here's another thing that you said are better together. Bacon and eggs, I think we can agree with that, are definitely better uh, together. Um, This next one I think we would agree with, chips and salsa Better together, our Spanish pastor Marcial said that this had to make the top three better uh, together. And then someone uh, kind of had tried to have a little fun and played a little joke on Pastor Doug, and they said this next thing I'm about to show you is better together, but I, I would argue against that. But they believe this is better <laughs> together. And... Uh, so all you cat lovers, there, there you go, there you go. I've been washing my hands for like, you know, ever since that, that, that picture. For those of you that are guests at Orchard Church, um, I, I'm not a big fan of cats. I don't hate cats, I really don't. I just don't want one. And so I don't know if those are really better together or not. But uh, today as we launch this series and, and our value today better together, I want us to jump into John uh, chapter 4, verse 31 this morning. Let me give you the context of what's going on in John chapter 4 uh, to set the context of what we're talking about today. Jesus has 
just had an encounter. The Samaritan woman, the, the woman at the well, uh, she's looking for water. Jesus offers her everlasting water, spiritual water that will never uh, run out. And Jesus has been ministering to her uh, through the morning into the early afternoon. And he's kind of skipped lunch. And the disciples show up to talk to Jesus. And they're like, Jesus, you know, you've been ministering and serving, but you, you have missed out on a, on a meal. And we're concerned for you, Jesus. We want to take care of you. And we jump into the story in John 4, verse 31. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, which means teacher, uh, eat something. Everybody say, eat something. They're like, we're concerned you haven't eaten. You've, you've, you've missed the lunch meal. But Jesus replied, watch this, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And Jesus is about to take a physical conversation and turn it into a spiritual truth as Jesus often would do. And did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. I mean, did someone, you know, make a run for the border and get him some Taco Bell or, or, or get him some Chick-fil-A? Jesus probably wouldn't have eaten those things. Maybe some, got him some carrots and hummus. I mean, who slipped Jesus some food when we were gone? We're concerned about him. Jesus explained, my nourishment. Everybody say nourishment. My nourishment, what satisfies me, what fulfills me, what keeps me going comes from what? Doing the will of God. He says, that's what fills me and satisfies me. Doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Jesus said, while everyone else is concerned about consuming and eating and filling themselves, what, what I'm consumed with and what nourishes and fills and satisfies me is not that I'm filled, but that other people are filled. What fills me is filling someone else, helping someone else, serving someone else, ministering to someone else, making a disciple of, of someone else. Jesus was not focused on consuming. Jesus was focused on contributing. If you're with me, say yes, church. Are you awake this morning? All right. I know we lost an hour of sleep, but work with me today. And, and, and if we're going to be Christ's followers and we want to be like Jesus, I, I believe our challenge today we're going to talk about is that we would be more focused on being contributors than being consumers. That what would nourish and fulfill and satisfy us is not that we're filled by others, but that we fill the life of others, that we serve and minister to others. Now, this goes against our human nature. One of our values at Orchard is that we keep it real, and I'm going to keep it real. If we're honest, we are self-centered and selfish by nature. If you agree, say yes. I mean, I am, you are, we, we all are. Uh, how many of you are parents? Raise your hand if you're a parent, okay? Did you ever have to sit down with your children when they were young and teach them how to be selfish and self-centered? Did you ever have to take a toy and put it in your child's hand and say, okay, today we're going to have a selfish lesson. I'm going to give you this toy, and then I'm going to take it back from you, and I want you to go, mine, mine, mine. Did you ever have to teach that to your, to your children? I didn't have to teach that to my kids. They came by it naturally. We are naturally more focused on consuming than contributing because we're selfish and, and self-centered. Welcome to Orchard Church. <laughs> well, we just want to encourage you. But, but you know, this... this comes from our society. We live in a very consumer-minded, very consumer-driven society. Um, some of you that are around my age are going to remember this, and I'm starting to realize less and less of you are around my age. But those of you that are around my age, work with me. Do you remember when this came out in the 70s? And I was just a young boy. Big Mac came out. You remember the Big Mac? And they had these slogans on TV. If you come to McDonald's, you're going to get a Big Mac. And you're going to get the Big Mac the same way every time. How are you going to get a Big Mac? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Can I have a witness? Amen. Yeah, now we've learned they're horrible for you, but, you know, I mean, I had that memorized, 
And then that's what Big Mac was. You get it the same way every time. You, they'd have them ready for you. You'd walk up, boom, get your Big Mac, two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on seed bun. I practice that, so I want to do it over and over. But then Burger King, their competitor, came out with a different slogan. And they recognized and realized how selfish and self-centered all of us are, and we like things our way, so they came up with a slogan they still have to this day. Help me out. Have it your way. We're here to please you. We're here to please the customer. They, you, you go into Burger King, and unlike McDonald's where this Big Mac was the same way every time, you come to Burger King, you know, you have it your way. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders, don't upset us. Okay, so uh, now I feel really old because only two of you remember that, all right? And they were like, you know, we're, we're here to please you. Some of you feel close to God thinking about those commercials. And now today, for those of you, you know, maybe you're a little bit younger, th- th- this next generation, today, have it your way would be like if you go to Starbucks. You know, you go to Starbucks and you can order your drink just the way you like it. You're a consumer. The customer is always Right, and so you're going to have it your way at Starbucks, so it would sound something like this. Yes, I'd like a venti skinny, sugar-free soy decaf, triple shot vanilla latte, extra hot whipped cream, double sleeve, no cup. (laughs) Try that on your barista next time you go to Starbucks and have some fun with it. Because the customer is always right. We live in a society that is so consumer-driven. It's all about me. It's about what I like. It's about what I want. It's about what satisfies me. It's about what helps me. But Jesus said, it's not about me. It's about others. What nourishes and fulfills me is doing the will of my Father and finishes his work, serving people, helping people, ministering to people, making disciples. Now, here's why... I bring all of this up, this consumer-mindedness in the world we live in today because that consumer mindset that it's all about me has found its way into the local church. The local church. We sometimes even say it like this. Well, we've been church shopping. (laughs) We're shopping for a church that meets our needs, that makes us happy, that fulfills our our needs. I've heard sometimes people say, man, we we came to the community, we went to 50 different churches trying to find one that would meet our needs to make us happy. When what we ought to be saying is I'm looking for a church where God is at work radically changing lives for the kingdom's sake, and I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of helping people find and follow Jesus. Hey, we're going to clap. Let's go for it. All right? All right? No, no golf claps allowed at Orchard, okay? We, we don't do golf claps, all right? That's what we're going to talk about today. And one of our 11 values that we're going to talk about today is this value. I hope you'll take some notes. It's in your notes. We are church contributors, not consumers. That is what we embrace, one of our values that we embrace here at Orchard Church. We want to be known as church contributors, not consumers. We want to be like Jesus. We're more focused on others than we are on ourselves. I gave you a moment to write that down. Now I want us to say it together nice and loud. What are we, church? We are church contributors, not consumers. Because we understand that the church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world to rescue people that are separated and far from God to bring them close to God. 
to give them hope. I believe with all of my heart that the church is the hope of the world to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ we just talked about for the last four weeks in our What's the Difference series. Because think about it this way, church. Jesus died for the church. Jesus empowered the church. One day, Jesus is returning for the church. It's a big deal to be a part of God's church. But we don't want to be a church of consumers. We want to be a church of contributors to live on mission for Jesus Christ. To say what nourishes and fulfills us is what fulfilled Jesus, to do the will of God, to do his work. You see, we can look at church in one of two ways. We can look at church as a cruise ship or a lifeboat. We're not on a cruise ship. Meet my needs, meet my needs, do this for me. We're on a lifeboat rescuing people from hell. Amen? That's our responsibility. That is our call. That is our mission. And so we're going to talk about that value today, that we are church contributors, not consumers. And even if you don't take notes the rest of the time, I want to ask all of you to participate and do this. On your notes, I gave you a rating scale from 1 to 10, consumer or contributor, and I'm going to ask every one of you individually to circle one of these in just a moment. Not yet. And when you do, don't peek on your neighbor's paper. Okay, everybody keep your eyes on your paper. Do your own between you and God. You know, am I more like a consumer or am I more like a contributor? Now, let me just help you out a little bit to, to kind of launch this. First of all, nobody at Orchard Church is a 10. 10 is reserved for the one who came and died for our sins to resurrect us from hell. That's for Jesus Christ, okay? So unless you died for the sins of the world and were resurrected and came back to life, you're not a 10. If you're not sure, ask the people around you, am I Jesus? They'll, they'll, they'll help you. Out, okay, we got no tens. All right, okay, no, no, no tens. All right, but where are you now? Let me say this: If you're a guest here at Orchard Church today, and this is your first time at Orchard, we are so thrilled to have you here. We're, I'm not specifically talking to you today. We're not asking for anything from you today. We want to be a blessing to you today, and this is. I hope the message will encourage you how important you are as our guest. Now, if you come back next week, this is all for you. If you start attending Orchard Church and you say, man, this is our church home. God's at work here. I want to be a part of it. Then remember this message, all right? But, but I'm talking to the people that you would consider when you go to church, Orchard Church is your church home. Where would you be on this scale from consumer to contributor? Let, let me help you out a little bit. If you, when you come to church, you come to Orchard Church and you drop your kids off in our wonderful Orchard Church kids ministry and other people are serving your kids but you never serve in that kids ministry. If you come and you picked up a free donut and coffee today that somebody else paid for. If you sit in a seat in a building that somebody else paid for, if you've never served in any area of our church, you've never given anything to support the ministry of this church, you've never really invited anyone, then you probably need to circle a two or a three, okay? One is for the devil, all right? So we're, we're going to cut you some slack, give you a little grace. So don't, one is the devil, ten is Jesus. We're all somewhere in between, all right? Uh, let's say, though, that you, you attend Orchard Church, you know, most of the time. I mean, when the weather's not too hot or too cold, your kids don't have an event, the Broncos aren't playing at 11. Oh, did I just say that? You know, when, when, when the stars align just right, you, you come to Orchard. You know, you're here one, maybe two times a month. You, you serve every once in a while. If there's a big event and we're asking for help, you maybe jump in. Uh, when the offering bucket goes by, you kind of check to see if you got anything in your wallet, you know, and you, you don't really act your wage by giving first, saving second, living on the rest, but you throw a little something in. We call that a tip, not a tithe. 
and, and you know, you, you invite somebody every once in a while, you know, the big, two big days a year, you know, Christmas and Easter, you might invite somebody, but you don't regularly invite people to church and, and really live on mission. Be honest, you're, you're probably a four, five, six. That, that might be where you're at. Now, now some of you, you're, you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm a seven, eight, or a nine, but you're hesitant to put that. Hey, call it what it is. There are absolutely some of you, you're a seven, eight, or a nine. You're here every time the doors are open. It is rare for you not to be here. You serve regularly in an area of ministry at Orchard Church. Some of you serve in multiple areas. You're constantly inviting and bringing people to church. You not only tithe and give your first 10% to God, but you give offerings over and above that. You helped us build this building. You give to our feeding center. You help with our missions. Uh, you have the Orchard Church sticker on the back of your vehicle. Okay? You, you, you may be a seven, eight, or nine. Go ahead and circle that. Okay? So right now, don't look at me. Don't look at the screen. I want to see heads down, pins moving. All right? Circle one of those. Circle one of those. And just keep that to yourself. You could kind of hide it, you know, if you're embarrassed. All right? Where, where are you at? Where, where are you at? And let me just say this to the hundreds of you who do serve on a regular basis and contribute here at Orchard Church to help us stay on mission, thank you, thank you, thank you. We used to say over at the high school, it took about 200 people serving every week to make Sundays happen. In this new facility, it takes around 300 people serving every week to have Orchard Church's four services. And so here's a picture of the many people that served at Orchard when we had our training day. Can we give it up big time, Orchard, for the contributors? here at Orchard Church that serve, that are focused more on being contributors than being consumers. So circle one of those. Now let me say this. If you circled a six or below, then this message is for you. And I'm not trying to step on your toes, okay? Sometimes people leave Orchard and they say, oh man, you really stepped on my toes today, Pastor. I'm not aiming for your toes. I'm aiming for your heart. I'm aiming for what God's aiming for. Your, your heart, that God would speak to you. My prayer is that, that God would speak to you, that you would use the gifts and abilities that God has given you to serve, not in my church, not in our church, but in his church, that we would be focused on more uh, being contributors than, than consumers. So with the rest of our time, what I want to talk about is how to use your gifts for God's church. When God saved you, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he gave you some spiritual gifts he intended for you to put to use in his church to help more people find and follow Jesus. And I want to just give you two simple thoughts today, two simple thoughts, how we can use our gifts for God's church. The first thought is this, God calls you to serve in his church. God calls you to serve in his church. Everybody say, in his church. In, in his church. What, what are we talking about when we say God has called you to use your gifts to serve in his church? Well, we talked about this a lot when we moved from the high school into this building back in November, that the church is not a building. The church is the people, the people that are, are assembled, assembled there. We are the, the church. Uh, this building does not minister to anybody. This building doesn't serve anybody. It's the people of God that are serving and ministering to people. If that makes sense, say, it makes sense. Okay, so we're not talking about the building. Church is not a place we go. It's about the people uh, that are there. We really don't go to church. We are the church, and God has placed us in the church, the body of Christ, with certain gifts he wants us to use in his church to make a difference, to help people find and follow Jesus, to live on mission like Jesus did. And, and some of you may say something. I've heard things like this. I've been in full-time vocational ministries. This is my 28th year in full-time vocational ministry, and, and I've heard 
heard people say this in every church I've ever been in. Well, isn't that the pastor's job? Isn't that the staff's job, you know, to serve the church and take care of everything? No, not if you know the Bible. Check it out later in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says the responsibility of the pastors, the elders, the, the staff at Orchard Church. Here's our responsibility God has given us. To equip the saints, that's you guys, to do the work of ministry. And praise God for so many of you who understand that and have embraced that. And I want to just right now, I want to go to Romans chapter 12. If you're there in John, just turn to the right uh, a couple of books to Romans uh, chapter 12. And I want us to look at seven uh, of, of the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the Bible. Now, there are many other gifts that are mentioned in Corinthians and other places. We don't have time to look at all of them. But let me just give you seven of them that I think you can identify with. And I bet every one of you can find yourself in one of these seven gifts that God has given you that he wants you to use in his church. Romans chapter 12, uh, beginning here in verse 6, it says, In his grace, God has given who? Us, that's the believers, the church. He has given us different what, church? He's given us different gifts. He's given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, to pro boldly proclaim God's word, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. There's one of the gifts. There's seven listed here. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. well what is Paul saying here? God has given you gifts when he saved you to use in his church. Don't put those gifts on a shelf. Don't stay on the sideline. Get in the game of helping people find and follow Jesus. Use the gifts well that God has given you. He goes on. He says, if you're a teacher, teach well. Use that gift. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it how, church? Do it gladly. Seven different gifts listed in Romans chapter 12 that Paul says God has given you these gifts to use for God's glory in his church. Use these gifts. Put them into practice. Now, I know you can go out there and you can Google spiritual gifts tests, and I would encourage you to do that. And You can take them online, and, and they'll kind of help you to identify your gifts. But let me tell you a, a real simple way to identify uh, some of these seven gifts listed in Romans chapter 12. I remember hearing this story uh, from a pastor one time. never forgot it. And some of you can identify with this. That will help you even right now. If you're not sure what your gifts are of these seven, let me give you an example. It's called the apple pie illustration. So let's say you're at a table and everybody's eating apple pie. And everybody gets their piece of apple pie and it's on their plate. And this one guy has his apple pie and it's really close to the edge. He takes his fork and he goes like this into his apple pie and boom, the, the plate falls in his lap. Apple pie goes all over him. You been there? He, 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 this happens, and now you're sitting at the table. What you do next helps you identify what your spiritual gift is. If, if that pie falls in the guy's lap, and immediately you jump up, and you're like, oh, my goodness, here, let me help clean you up. Here, let me get you another piece of pie. Here's a napkin. Oh, you, know, you might have the gift of serving. You like to help. You like to serve people. Then do that well. If the apple pie falls in the guy's lap and you immediately jump up and you start barking orders, hey, somebody get a broom, somebody get a mop, somebody get him some apple pie, and you're telling everybody what to do, you might have the gift of leadership. Some of y'all wanted to say you're bossy, okay? I prefer leadership, the Bible word. You might be a leader. You know, you get things done and you kind of direct people uh, how to do those things. If the apple pie falls in the guy's lap and immediately you sit there and it's, it's almost as if it fell in your lap and you're like, oh, 
I feel so, I cannot even do this because I do not have this gift. So it's hard for me to even fake it. You know, my wife has this gift. Oh, I feel so bad for you that the apple pie fell in your lap. Uh, I can't even do it, okay? You, you probably have the gift of encouragement, uh, kindness. You've got the gift of mercy. Awesome gift. I just don't have it. I'm sorry, okay? If the, if the apple pie falls in the guy's lap and you immediately jump up and you've got your whiteboard and you start drawing apple pie and you say, I have been studying and researching on apple pie. I've got some statistics and a graph right here. Did you know that apple pie in Hebrew means Okay, you might be a teacher. Okay, you've got the gift of teaching. Are y'all with me? Say yes. You can identify what your gift is, but here's the key: whatever your gift is, God has given you. Use it. Put it into practice. Don't waste it. Don't set it on a shelf. God calls you to serve in his church with different gifts. Uh, There's other gifts in the Bible. Maybe you're gifted with music. These great musicians and singers get involved in the worship team. If you're gifted. (laughs) And we'll help identify that for you, okay? Um, If your gift is technology, man, there's a lot of technology in this building. People running cameras and backstage and all that. You know, if your gift is evangelism and telling people about Jesus, inviting people to church, then use that gift. And I I wish I could highlight every one of you because there's hundreds of you who serve here faithfully at Orchard Church. You're using the gifts God gave you in his church to help people find and follow Jesus, to make a difference, to live on mission, to do God's work well. But I want to highlight just a, a few stories that I believe will bless you. The first one is uh, Bruce and Judy Riley. Uh, Bruce and Judy Riley have been serving here at Orchard Church in the kids' ministry for 11 years. They started serving when we had one service. How many of your kids have grown up and they had Miss Judy as, as a teacher? M- many of you probably have. She's still serving faithfully in our kids' ministry. Uh, here's another story of a young man named CJ. CJ is a teenager here in our Fuel student ministry. And when we transition from worship to teaching, every week, all three services, Services. He's here. He's been doing this for about two years now. He brings the TV, the chair, the table out, all three services as a teenager serving God. Now, we need somebody to take over for CJ because next year he's going off to school. He's going into the ministry. He wants to be a youth pastor. Isn't that incredible? Here's a... Another story, this is the Dixon family, Johnny and Tammy Dixon. And when we started our parking lot ministry to help people park cars and help with the flow, we started over at the high school. Their entire family and kids are out there serving every service, every week, rain, snow, shine, cold, heat. They're out there. Tell them thank you. Be nice to them. They, they do an incredible job uh, with our parking. Uh, here's another story I want to tell you about. This is Patrick Whittier. Uh, Patrick serves in so many areas in our church, but what you, many of you don't know is three years ago, he was kind of at the end of his rope in his life. He was really struggling. He didn't know where to turn. He had been struggling with drugs and alcohol most of his life. And he said one day, I think I should give God a try. It's kind of like my last, my last hope. And he came to Orchard Church. He found Jesus Christ. He got baptized. He got discipled. He serves in our student ministry, our setup team. He's a carpenter. He serves anywhere that he can. Some of you remember last Easter, he made our Jesus uh, letters that were on our stage. That was Patrick. He's working on something for this Easter that he's building that is going to blow your mind. It is going to be life-changing. You don't want to miss it. That's Patrick. Here's another story. This is a story of of Carl and Annie Brobst. They head up our deaf ministry in this service. They're doing it right now, right over here. They've been doing it for eight years, leading our deaf ministry here at Orchard Church. 
serving in that capacity. What a blessing they've been. And I want to tell you a story about one of the ladies in our deaf ministry. This is Sarah, Sarah Smith. She's over here today. Sarah not only comes to Orchard to attend our services, but she serves at Orchard Church. She serves in deaf ministry. She's served on the host team. She served as a greeter. She's helped us with Christmas shoeboxes wherever she can. She said, I've never been a part of a church where I've felt more accepted and loved as I do here at Orchard Church. But here's what you also need to know about Sarah. In order for her to come to Orchard and not just attend, but to serve and use her gifts in God's church, she has to get up very early in the morning. And today that was more difficult than normal and she has to get on a bus at 7 30 she lives uh, quite a ways away from from our building in south denver she gets on a bus at 7 30 to be here for the services to serve in our services gets back on a bus to get back home and doesn't get home to about 2 30 she does that every sunday here at orchard church can we praise god for that and there are hundreds of stories just like that. Thank you, thank you so much to all of you who serve and make a difference. I love the way uh, Matt Thompson said it last week for baptism, um, our creative art pastor. He said, you're not going to know every story here at Orchard Church, but you have a part in every story. And I do want you to hear one story right now of a family that recently found Orchard Church. And all of you who serve in every area have a part in being a blessing to families just like this. We've actually had a couple of events in our life that made us rethink we needed to find a new path. And so we started looking around and I had remembered seeing the orchard billboards. Um, so I said, well, I'm gonna Google it and just see what this place is about. We were just planning on going to church and seeing what, what it was like. And then we walked in and everybody was so kind. And so, do you wanna check out OC Kids? and and we were like, okay, well, we'll give it a look. And and just seeing all the safety team members and just all the people there that were willing to help and were so gracious greeting us into the church. We walked the girls into the room and we left them there and I didn't even blink an eye. When I was two years old, um, I was sitting in my grandmother's front yard and this lady came by and took me. She just plucked me right out of my grandma's yard. My grandmother called my mom and she came home from work and and uh, they tried to find me. My aunt was questioning some other kids in the neighborhood and asked if they'd seen me and then a couple of little girls said, yeah, well, we saw a lady carry a girl that looks like that in the house. And my aunt went up to the house, knocked on the door, said, do you have a little girl here? And the lady denied having any children in the home and then by God's grace, really, and I will say that it was absolutely God's grace, I cried and she knew my cry. So she pushed past the lady and she came in and there she, I was in a back bedroom and she got me. I don't remember that fear. I don't remember, but I, what I do remember is my mother's fear. I never understood her fear growing up. I, I, I mean, I knew what I knew she was scared. I knew she was worried about me. But I didn't understand that fear until I had my girls. That fear is inside me every day of the safety of my kids. And for me to feel so comfortable just to let them be there without me, even, and with strangers no less. When she said we're gonna leave them with OC kids and then turn around and walked out, 
I didn't know who this woman was. I'm like, this is awesome. This is great. We were just so impressed and we were amazed how listening to Pastor Doug, you know, everything that he spoke of during that service and all the ones to come have related to our lives in some way, shape or form. And then afterwards, after we were done, we were very happy with the service. We go and get the girls and they were so excited. They were like, you know, just, oh, can we come back next week? And, and we were like, really? You know, just like that? And we said, yeah, you could, you could come back. And we want to come back. We did. They fight us to get up for school like any normal child would, right? Um, but every Sunday, even though we go to the early service, they are up. And they are, let's go. It's church day. Yep. Let's go. And Time so to go. We could be more pleased because they're embracing ultimately what we wanted was them to find Jesus just like we did. I think we knew it was going to be our new home. Yeah. I, I, I do. Because ever since, whether we're walking in or out of the doors, people are so kind. And so you can just feel the love. And I think we were missing that. Yes. Hey, can we give God a big shout of praise for that life change story? Again, you may not know every story here at Orchard, but you have a part in every story just like that. And we want to give you an opportunity to be a part of hundreds of stories of life change just, just like that. And so I, I ask you, you know, what about you? What about you? If you put a six or less on that rating scale, are, are you willing, are you ready to start using your gifts that God has given you to serve in his church? He calls you uh, to do that. And I want to ask you to do this right now. Inside of your newsletter uh, is a connection card. I don't want to ask you to take that out right now. And if you're not regularly serving in an area here at Orchard Church, we want to give you an opportunity to use the gifts God has given you in his church to help people find and follow Jesus, to have a part in these, these stories because we truly are better together. And so if you say, I, I want to step up, I want to use my gifts at Orchard Church in this way, just give us your contact information and check that box that says serving. Someone will contact you with the next steps to find out where you would like to serve, tell you all the opportunities and areas you can serve. Uh, let me tell you why this is so important, particularly right now. And here we are just, you know, a couple of weeks away from Easter. We are having, you heard right, seven Easter services here at Orchard Church. Three on Saturday night, uh, three in English and one in Spanish, four on Sunday. And so we cannot do it alone. We are better together, serving together. Uh, I call Easter weekend the Super Bowl for the church, uh, for the kingdom. And so get involved in this. Even if you can only serve Easter, then just write Easter on your card. Check serving and put Easter. But if you'd say, I want to start serving on a regular basis, uh, then just, just check that box. Put it in the offering bucket. we receive our gifts in, in a few minutes and we will contact you and share with you how you can use your gifts to serve in God's church. Something else we're doing that I want to tell you. Uh, how many of you guys would be interested if we offered a Saturday night service here at Orchard Church? Would you be interested in that? Uh, it's something we are highly considering and praying about. Uh, we're looking at launching this in the fall after Labor Day, uh, but after talking to some other churches who've added Saturday, we're going to do a trial basis. So this is a trial. Uh, for good or bad, it's going to have a start and a stop. We are going to do the three Saturday services for Easter, and then we're going to launch a four-week ser series right after Easter, the four weeks in April, and we're going to do a trial Saturday night service. So for four Saturdays in, in April, we're going to have a Saturday service in addition to our four Sunday services, but 
we need many of you to step up and be willing to serve to make, make that happen. And so I throw that out there to you guys as well. But we're talking about we are church contributors, not consumers. We want to be like Jesus that said it's not about me being filled. It's about me filling others. That's what nourishes. That's what fulfills. That's what satisfies me, that we would answer the call to use our gifts in his church. One final thought for you uh, this morning. Not only has he given us gifts for his church in his church, but God calls you, if you're taking notes, God calls you to serve as his church. Not only does he call us to serve in his church, but God calls you to serve as his church. Everybody say, as his church. As his church. What are we talking about? We're talking about serving in our community, serving as the church in our world, that we come and we serve here, but then we go out and we serve in, in our world. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You the church, the believers, are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good, what, church? Deeds, your service, your acts of service, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, not just in the church, but as the church, in the community, in the world, so that everyone will praise you and pat you on the back. Is that what it says? No, so they will praise your heavenly Father who's in heaven. We don't serve to get recognition and pats on the back. We serve to bring honor and glory to God and rescue people that are separated and far from God to bring them close to God. Let me ask you this. Are you making a difference in your world, in your sphere of influence? Do people look at your life and say, you know, there's something different about you? And I mean different like in a good way, not like you're different, okay? Like you're different. Uh, you, you love differently. You care differently. You serve differently. You're, you're married Marriage is different. Your relationship with your kids is different. Man, in our community, you, you make a difference. When there's a need in our neighborhood, you step up. Why do you do all that? Because Jesus Christ changed our lives and he served us so we can serve others. That's why, to be the light of the world. Another one of our values, and we're not particularly talking about today, but I want to mention it. We say it all the time. We are a church for our community, not just in our community. We, we are blessed to be a blessing. You know, God forbid if the doors of Orchard Church ever had to close, I hope and pray that our community would miss us and they would be devastated because we have served not only in the church but as the church making a difference. And at times we give opportunities for us corporately as a church to do this. Uh, several times in the summer we said instead of going to church this Sunday, we're going to be the church in our community. Here's some pictures of uh, the last couple of summers where we've served as the church in our community at uh, the, the local schools right here around our building, Henderson Elementary, Timig, um, Northeast Elementary, up in Brighton. We did extreme makeovers of the schools. We got an award from 27J for making a difference in our community. That's the kind of church we want to be. Not so that we get the glory and the honor and the credit, but we want our light to shine so that God gets the glory and it draws people to him. But you know, we, you don't have to wait till we do something all together corporately as a church to be the church, to serve as the church. Let me tell you just a couple of stories about some small groups. This is a small group, Jessica and Zach Pfeiffer. They have a small group and they took it upon themselves. We didn't tell them to do this. They took it upon themselves to serve as a small group uh, here in the Denver metro area. They made the 
their own Orchard Church uh, t-shirts. Uh, they served homeless at Thanksgiving downtown. They served homeless uh, meals at Christmas. They collected uh, toys that they gave out to kids that were homeless, and they made a difference as the church in our community, something they took upon themselves. They, they sent me this email when I told them I was going to share their story, and they said, Zach and I are both so humble that you would share our story. And we know the rest of the group will feel the same. We couldn't stop talking about how much fun it was to be able to get out into the community and be the church. Thank you for sharing these stories. We are all stronger when we come together. We're better together. Can we give God praise for that example of that story? Here's another example of, of some just regular people in our church that are not just serving in our church, but as our church. Uh, this is our Philippines mission trip team. There's eight of them. They just got back from about a 10-day trip in the Philippines, serving at our feeding center there and with our missionaries, Luke and Kelly Lyons. Here's what's really cool that, that about this trip. It was a historic and unique trip. It was the first mission trip led by volunteers here at Orchard Church. Adam and Barb Harrington led the entire trip. No one on staff went with them as they got to be the church serve as the church in the Philippines. Can we give God praise for that orchard? What a tremendous story. What a tremendous story. And I want to challenge you. If you're, if you're in a small group, if you're one of our 70 plus small groups here at Orchard, how can you be creative and not just serve in the church like many of you are doing, but serve as the church? How can you serve your neighborhood where you meet as a small group? How can you serve in the community? How can you be the light of the world? And let me tell you something that all of us can do right now, whether you're in a small group or not, all of us can leave the, this building serving as the church, being the light of the world, helping people find and follow Jesus. When you came in today, on your seat, there was a stack of invite cards, Easter invite cards. You guys got those? Hold those up, okay? If you have them, hold them up, hold them up. Those are potentially life-saving cards, as you invite people, people to one of our seven Easter services to hear the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus conquered death to give us life, you can serve as the church to your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your family members by simply inviting them to come Easter weekend to Orchard Church. That's a simple way we can all do that. Are you, you with me, church? We can all do that. Who will God lay on your heart to invite Easter weekend to hear the life-changing message of the gospel? It is our, we believe we're going to see five to 6,000 people join us on Easter weekend here at Orchard Church in our seven services. Now, we're going to come on Easter, and we can either come as a consumer or a contributor. We're going to ask some of you to be willing to park over at the high school so we have plenty of parking for our guests. We're going to ask some of you to be willing. You may have to stand in, in our service. Wouldn't it, would it be okay, church, if you came into one of our Easter services and somebody was sitting in your seat and you had to give up your seat for the sake of the gospel to sell, help someone find and follow Jesus? Would that be okay, Orchard? That's what we pray. That's what we pray because there are 50 plus thousand people within a three-mile radius of this building that claim no church affiliation whatsoever. And many of them do not know Jesus. We have a vision here at Orchard Church that we would serve more than we've been served, that we would give more than we have been given, that we would love more than we've been loved. Hey, listen, here's our vision for Orchard Church in this community. Not that we would be known as the largest and biggest church in this community, but we'd be known as the biggest blessing in this community as we serve in the church, as we serve as the church. 
But the only way this can happen is if we take seriously what God has asked us to do with the gifts he's given us, serving in his church as the church, and we are better together. What are we, church? We are church contributors, not consumers. Father, we pray that we would put feet to this message today, that we'd be doers of your word and not just hearers only. As we continue an attitude of prayer right now, heads bowed, eyes closed, let me ask you, those of you that call Orchard Church your home, how many of you would be honest enough to say that God has spoken to you today about the gifts he has given you? You, you could do a better job of serving in the church and as the church and you'd say, I, I want to take that seriously. Can I, can I pray for you today? Would you slip up your hands all across this auditorium? If God spoke to you in that way, lift them up nice and high. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Then, then, then do something about it. You know, fill out your connection card right now. Check serving. Step up. Use the gifts that God has given to you. As we continue in an attitude of prayer, there are those of you that are here today that you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior our mission here at Orchard is to help people find and follow Jesus. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the only thing that he wants from you today is your life, is your heart. That's, that's what he wants. He served you by coming to this earth and dying on the cross for you to pay for your sins, to forgive your sins, to restore your relationship with God that was separated. And I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to him today, to invite Jesus into your life today as Lord and Savior, to have your sins forgiven, to have your relationship restored with Him. And all I'm going to ask you to do is what the Bible says. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be forgiven, will have a home in heaven. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to call on Jesus. You say, well, I don't know how to call on Him. I don't know what to say. One of the ways we call on the Lord, we talk to God, is through prayer. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer out loud in just a moment. I'm going to invite some of you to pray this prayer with me from your heart to God's right where you sit. To say yes to Jesus. To invite him into your life. This isn't a magic prayer. These aren't magic words we say. But if this prayer comes from your heart, a heart of faith, you can become a follower of Jesus today. If that's you and God's speaking to you in that way, you know who you are. Would you pray this prayer with me? It goes like this. Jesus, come into my life. I'm saying yes to you today. Yes, be my Lord. Yes, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I want to find and follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for serving me with the ultimate sacrifice of your life and death. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. As we continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I never want to do that. But if you just prayed that prayer for the first time and you meant it, and I believe several of you did, then that's the greatest decision you could ever make. And I would right now, and no one else looking around, I'd love the privilege to pray for you that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus as you follow him from this day forward. So if you prayed that prayer with me, without hesitation right now, would you just slip up your hand all across this auditorium? God bless you. A couple of ladies right here, amen. God bless you. One, two, three, several people. God bless you over here on my right. God bless you. Some people over here on my left. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise. That's what it's all about right there. Father, we just lift up all those that have said yes to you today, that have found you as Lord and Savior. We pray that they, they would follow you from, from this day forward, that we would help them in that journey. We welcome them as our brothers and sisters in Christ, and may we all live on mission for you each and every day with the gifts you've given us to serve in your church and as the church for your honor and your glory. 
and the advancement of your kingdom. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's celebrate big time those that said yes to Jesus today. If you raised your hand, you said yes to Jesus today. Again, that's the most important decision you could ever make. We take that very seriously here at Orchard. And we've put together a little book that we'd love to give to you. It's our free gift to you. Help you understand your decision, your next steps, and your journey with Christ. So before you leave today, if you prayed that prayer, accepted Christ, please, before you leave today, stop by our I Said Yes booth in the lobby so that we can put this in your hands today. Um, God bless you guys. I love you. Let's celebrate once again all those that said yes to Jesus today. Amen. These are very exciting times here at Orchard. Do you know that since we moved into this building, over a thousand people have said yes to Jesus in one of our services? Isn't that amazing? We can celebrate that. And when we serve, when we give, when we do all of those things and we live on mission, we're a part of each and every one of those stories. So thank you, Orchard, for living on mission. If you're a first-time guest with us today, we are so happy that you've chosen to honor us by coming and spending some time with us this morning. We want to continue to be good hosts to you, so in your newsletter, there's a connection card. Hopefully, you've filled that out. If you'll drop that in the offering bucket as it goes by today, first-time guests, we're not interested in your money, but we are interested in getting to know you. So please drop that in. We'll follow up with a thank you card and a free gift in the mail for you. And then next week, we're going to continue our Better Together series by looking at our value, we always ask, what does the Bible say? And why do we ask that? Because we believe the Bible to be absolute truth. How can we believe that? You have to come next week to find out. So come back next week and, and Pastor Doug will, will let us know that. But for now, if you'll stand with me as we close in a song of worship and giving our tithes and our offerings. If you said yes today, now's that perfect moment to slip out and visit the I Said Yes booth. It's right to the right of the main entrance and exit there. So please go ahead and do that while the rest of us sing and give because we are a church who wants to act our wage by giving first, saving second, and living on the rest. Thank you, Orchard. God bless.